Mike. Hello. Who are you? I know your first name, but that's it. Who are you and where are you from? Um, Mike Butcher. I'm editor at large for TechCrunch. Uh, TechCrunch has about uh, 15 to 20 million readers a month. Oh, just 15 to 20. Yeah, just a few. Just a few. You know, a couple of, just a few friends, really. Uh, we've been going since 2005, and uh, I've been running around Europe for for a few years with TechCrunch uh, covering startups, and that's what I do. What does it mean when someone says editor in large? Is there someone in, in small? Uh, there's not an editor at small, no. There's um, editor at large was a phrase coined in the 1960s, I think, to describe a journalist who's hardly ever in the office, and that's ah. kind of what that's kind of what me and what I do. Very good. And uh, what are you doing here at VivaTech? VivaTech is one of the seminal events uh, of Europe. It's obviously bringing together, you know, the, the largely the French tech scene, which has been growing for many years. And as an outside observer based in London for TechCrunch, um, I've seen the French ecosystem really just blossom, probably, I think, would say in the last uh, five to ten years. Is that due to changes in law and things? Because I know Macron's been trying to, they, 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 you know, French law is a bit like German law. It's not very company friendly or entrepreneurial friendly. Um, maybe. That's, there's a, there's a there's sort of overstatement and an understatement about it. Uh, they're actually very friendly now for startups uh, compared to what they used to be. Uh, I would, would say, as an outside observer, as an objective observer, the UK is still really the simplest jurisdiction to launch and start a company. You can start a company in an hour, uh, in an hour online, similar, in, say, for instance, in Estonia, mm. for instance, as well. Do they kind of have an EIS equivalent or anything like that? Um, I think they're getting there. They don't quite have that kind of, uh, you know, incentives for as much for angels. A lot of the, inst- the money in France is institutional, and some of it's government. Type. There's still quite a lot of legacy, uh, you know, fluff, shall we say, in the system. But they're getting there. And, uh, and I think with Brexit happening and the, the French eyeing and the Germans and the Spanish eyeing the startup ecosystem, they think, you know, it's everything to play for and they can, they can go for it. Is there a, do you think a healthy competition between Paris and London, you know, for, with, you know even Viva Tech and London Tech Week are at the same time now? I think they're really very different events and, you know, London Tech Week is really more like an inward investment conference. Um, it's, it's not particularly the big showcase that VivaTech is. VivaTech is a very, very large event, thousands and thousands of people, one big venue and also a big public open day, by the way. So the, the public are open to right. wander around VivaTech and see all the robots and the flying cars as well, which is really, I think, a, a really great idea. A slightly controversial question, but it seems like, you know, there's definitely teamwork needed between London and Paris and Europe and America and South Korea and Japan and South East Treaty. You know, are we getting to a stage that, you know, there's almost a technological Cold War, China and Russia and us, and we have to collaborate, you know, or, or is that how you see the world or are you more optimistic? It's not just a technical uh, Cold War, it's an actual hot war between (laughs) Russia and the West at this point. So there's a hot war aspect to this. So you are seeing the sort of depolarization of the globe. You're you're, you're seeing uh, the United States and Europe really forming an alliance. And then you've got China and Russia sort of ganging up to some extent. Really, Russia is a client state, shall we say, in more more diplomatic language of uh, 
right, uh, China. Right, right. But the jurisdiction of the EU is really what's driving a lot of things right now because the AI laws are coming through the through the Commission at this point and the Parliament. And so the, how AI is going to be regulated going forward is, you know, really Europe is going to be setting the benchmarks and the UK is going to be falling in line. I mean, uh, that's what I, my sources are telling me at this point. Do you find regulation helpful? I mean, take GDPR, it's a lovely concept, but in reality, it, it, you know, these purposes of not really, you know, you're just pressing accept a lot. I, yeah, I concur. The, it, the, the problem with GDPR is it favoured large companies who could employ lots of lawyers. I think there's a piece of work to be done uh, to just get those guys on board the idea that if you're a company of size of, say, 15 or less or whatever, you should be subject to those laws. You should be, uh, you, you should be allowed to innovate up to a certain point. Perhaps they would listen at some. I'm sh- they're open. They're open to those voices. It's just a little, you know. But you've got to remember, obviously, the biggest lobbyist voices are big tech. Yeah. And they like to build these walls. So you know, the reason why Facebook, Meta, you know, uh, Google, etc., employ lobbyists is because they want to build regulatory walls around their their business models. And Mike, what are you hoping to get out of the next couple of days? Um, obviously, I'm here to meet uh, tech companies, make lots of contacts for the future. One or two stories might come out of this trip, of course. TechCrunch is also running its own event tomorrow evening uh, where we'll get the great and the good and the, the events, venture capitalists and the, uh, the startups involved. I mean, you know, we're very much about... Our readership is passionate about startups, passionate mm. about innovation, and that's what we're here to do. We've been doing it for over 16, 17 years at this point. Um, we've stuck to our knitting, we've stuck to our game, and, and everybody wants to know what happens next, what are the, sorry, what are the best implications, and, um, and that's what we do. We've got a great team in Europe. My colleagues are astoundingly amazing, privileged to work with them every day but the US is still our mother load Silicon Valley and the US our US readership is is extremely important and that yeah. and, and then of course our European readership as well and what would you uh, tell someone if they wanted to come and do business in London would you give them any t- uh, tips of do's and don'ts is there a territory you particularly uh, uh, know best I- I- internationally um, I'm uh, obviously I'm a journalist with TechCrunch I also run the Europa's Awards which is what I lovingly like to call the, the Eurovision Song Contest of Europe oh, love for it. startups um, which we run in November are the costumes as impressive uh, almost as impressive not Good quite we, we've got to get a, little, get, a, get a little bit more glitter going on uh, but no it's it, you know it's my idea was always to enliven the European scene and get you know startups out there and uh, I've been doing it for 15 years and uh, I, I've probably been carrying on doing it for a long time. Who are you most excited to meet on this trip? Is well, I think every, what, like... what everybody's talking about is what will Elon Musk will say. Oh, he's coming at is Viva Viva Tech. Tech. Yes, and uh, uh, nobody really knows. It's going to be the ball is going to be up in the air. Do we not think it'll be a little bit crazy town? It, well, I think uh, we, it's fair to say that whatever Elon says at this point is a little bit uh, off the wall, shall we say, putting it diplomatically. Yeah. Do you think he's slightly lost the plot a little Well, bit? he's just appointed a new CEO of Twitter, so in, to some extent he's parked a lot of those problems. A lot of people at Sp- SpaceX will be relieved that he'll be back in back in the fold, uh, paying attention to what's going on, and Tesla, and Tesla, yeah. by the way. 
So we'll see what he says. Uh, there's not a lot of previews going on. Do you get to meet him? Or you, do you think you'll get an opportunity to it, talk it, to him? I think uh, it'll be a little bit like uh, trying to, you know, break through the Praetorian Guard to meet yeah. Caesar. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think at this point. He just needs to know how funny you are. You know, I, I hear he's got a cracking sense of humour. You know, I, he's. Uh, I think actually, I I met Elon uh, many years ago when he uh, was visiting London, and he actually he was struck me as more like an academic. Actually, yeah, he had yeah. an academic really? bent to him, and he has this sort of, he's a very intelligent guy but the, there is a slight problem about the kinds of the way he likes to shape conversations in a public environment yeah. um, uh, shall we say and uh, and that's that's been and he's, uh, to some extent I, what happens is when you get to that elevated level you do really want to sort of say anything you like really you feel you're kind of untouchable I think to go back to the Roman comparison you you got you know in a triumph you had a slave standing next to you telling you that everyone was mortal and everybody's going to die and that you're not that great and maybe that's what those guys need at some point they need somebody telling truth to power right you do need Iago whispering in yeah. your ear um, and famously Caesar as he did a triumph through Rome he mm. would have somebody as he was on the gladiator kind of on the uh, on, uh, on that chariot and, and the idea is you had somebody whispering in your ear saying you're not a god. Yeah. And there is a point at which some of these billionaires, these tech billionaires, need that, really. Yeah. And the jury's out on whether or not they actually have that. Yeah. Uh, and what do you think of London and Partners? Have you been involved with them before? Um, you, you're good friends with Andrew Tibbetts, I hear. Um, Andrew and I have known each other for many years. Um, actually uh, worked with me on uh, Tech Hub, which was the first technology-oriented startup co-working space in Shoreditch back in uh, 2011, 2010, 2011. Have you been involved um, in London and Partners though? Is this your first experience of them? Or? And uh, Well, London and Partners uh, does an excellent job uh, talking about London as a place to do business. Uh, it's one of those kinds of agencies that, you know, just has to do that job and uh, they do a, do a great job. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not, not, a, uh, not a critic at all. Finally, where are you going to be in 10 years and can we come? Where am I going to be in 10 years? Well, I think uh, hopefully doing a similar kind of thing. I'm a journalist at heart. I like being in the media. Um, I'm sure you guys like doing what you do. I like what doing what I do. Noel Gallagher from Oasis once said uh, that uh, he'd got that guitar thing, you know, the backing guitar down, uh, doing a bit of lead guitar here and there. And uh, he, he was ready to do that for the rest of his life. And I'm ready to do this for the rest of my life as well. So I love the fact that you just quoted Noel Gallagher. I mean, how often does that happen? <laughs> we're going to play business or bullshit. It's oh, called shit. Okay. okay. We didn't play with this with you yet. Put it in the middle. Yeah, yeah, put it in the middle. Now, we're just going to ask something you have to say whether it's business or bullshit. You may briefly elaborate if you want because we want to What do I do? Do time. I say We say something and you say whether it is business or bullshit. Or bullshit. Okay. It's very simple. We're going to start with people going to go around like that. LinkedIn. Bullshit. Uh, universal basic income. Business. Very good. Bit on that. Business. Do you speak French? Always. Do you speak French? No. <laughs> office nap pods. Uh, I'm office nap pods. I'm really pro pods. this. Office nap pods, I think definitely business. Come on, why what, not? Let people sleep in the office. Heavens above. Siesta. What a good but idea. But also, you know, when you, when you snooze for a bit, you get all your great ideas, right? 100%. So when you wake up, they're all there. Yes. I think we should have office nap pods, and then obviously if you want to stay late in the office, work late, brilliant. Mandatory office birthday cakes. 
Um, absolutely business, because who would who, who who would stop somebody from having a nice birthday yeah. with a birthday cake? Yeah. That would be a horrible thing. Very nice. Oh, next business plans. Business plans, bullshit. There's no such thing as a business plan. No plan survives engagement with the enemy, as they say in the military. There's a lot riding on this one. Office dogs. Absolutely business, 100%. Oh, man. And I think, I think office dogs, especially, especially post-COVID, every office needs uh, uh, the office uh, dog crash. Yeah. Very yes. good. Ballpark figures. I love ballpark figures as a journalist because it means that I can get much more information out of companies and it's usually a lot more accurate than the other things. Very good. Uh, um, team building exercises? <laughs> Goodness me. Um, team building exercises, I would Have say... Have you ever attended one? Uh, I absolutely attended one. We had to draw with crayon on a, uh, you know, various kind of whiteboards and things, oh, and God is, knows yeah. what. And then we went to the pub and had much better ideas than we had during the team building exercise. I think we all know what your answer is on that one, then. So I'd say bullshit. Uh, diversity quotas. Diversity, all controversial. Um, I know. My mother was born in South Africa, by the way. I would say not diversity quotas, but diversity, you know, awareness, for heaven's sake. Business is, is diverse. The society is diverse. So let's, let's talk about awareness. Nice, like it. In-office fitness classes. In-office fitness classes, um, so long as everyone's consenting, that's fine. I would... <laughs> and that's, uh, that's not necessarily not uh, th It could be a euphemism or not. MBR, MBR, MBR. MBRs or MBAs? MBA. Um, well, I, as a journalist working for TechCrunch, um, most of the time I meet entrepreneurs who've never done an MBA and they can be extremely successful. And in fact, actually, a lot of the time, the people who are schooled less in, in the kind of business as usual, shall we say, uh, are, make some of the best entrepreneurs. So I, it's fine if you do an MBA, not, nothing against it, but it's definitely not a prerequisite for being a successful entrepreneur. Thank you, Mike. You've been absolutely brilliant. Brilliant to meet you. My pleasure. Thank you for playing business or bullshit. You're welcome. Business Without Bullshit is brought to you by Ori Clark, straight-talking financial and legal advice since 1935. You can find us at oriclark.com.